Good morning, y'all. Come on, you can do better than that. Good morning. So, uh, in case you didn't notice, I am not Mike. Um, Mike is unfortunately out with the flu, so if you would keep him uh, in your prayers, he is in really bad shape. He was uh, in the office the other day going like this. I, th I think I'll be okay, um, but he's not in good shape. So anyway, uh, to this morning you were scraping the bottom of the barrel and you got me instead. Um, but I'm excited to be here this morning. So if you would, join me in prayer before we get started. Um, God, this morning I just pray that you would, God, just help us to be still before you. God, help us to concentrate on you this morning. Because God, I hope that you are ultimately the reason that we're here. God, this morning I pray that you would do a work in our hearts and in our lives. God, this morning I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in this place. And God, I pray that it would work through your Holy Scriptures. God, that I pray that that Scripture that is God-breathed, God, that it would breathe into our lives this morning as we come before you. God, teach us, soften us, help us to come with, with ready and open ears to hear what you have to tell us. And God, this morning I pray that the words that come out of my mouth, God, that they would be yours and not mine. And God, I pray that uh, that any words that are mine and that are not yours, God, that they would fall on, on deaf ears. But God, that you would help us to hear what we need to hear this morning. So please teach us. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is December the 29th, which means we're getting on towards New Year's, that last, that last stretch of the holidays. Um, but it also means that it's that time of year uh, to start thinking about New Year's resolutions. It means it's time to start thinking about, this is how I'm going to change my life next year. Time to do something different, well, or at least until February, when you decide that I really do love french fries and a diet is just not worth it. Um, it's that time of year to pick the thing that we ultimately hate the most and then give it our best shot to try and pull it off for at least a couple months. Um, it's such as we make these New Year's resolutions such as we're going we're gonna to go to the gym or we're going to make a, a better budget or we're going to eat salad more. Uh, and just let me point out the fact that you can't make a healthy budget and eat salad in the same year because those two things just don't work together. Um, I find it annoying that costs an arm and a leg just to eat a salad and cost twice as much as a chicken sandwich. Um, I'm not bitter. No, that's not true. I am bitter. Um, but, but let's talk about resolutions. I'm, I've always been one of those people that I don't really care about New Year's resolutions that much because I ultimately know that I am one of those people that like french fries too much. Um, I know that I'm not going to keep them too much. But this morning I want to look at 
What are some resolutions that are worth keeping? That maybe we need to think, uh, what about our spiritual New Year's resolutions? Because whether, you, whether you're one of those people that make New Year's resolutions or whether you're not, there are some things in our life that are, that are worth taking a look at as we plan for this next year. Here is something that I want to grow in as we look forward to next year. So, so some of us decide, uh, some of us do make spiritual resolutions, and that's great. Um, some of us decide we're going to become better at reading our Bibles this year. I'm going to become better at praying. Uh, some of us say, I'm going to wake up at 6 o'clock every morning and spend two hours of deep meditative prayer. Um, I've never been one of those people. Um, maybe you're going to become better at tithing. Maybe you're going to make a, a better effort to bring your family, the, family to church more often. But see, the problem is, is that when it comes to our, our normal resolutions, such as going to the gym or, or eating salad more, or our spiritual resolutions, most of the time we end up asking the question of, what, what do I need to work on? What do I need to get better at? Or, or what do I need to change? How do I need to grow as a Christian this year? And in case you didn't notice it, there's, there's a lot of the, the word I in most of the time in our spiritual resolutions. A lot of times, especially in, in our, our normal resolutions. And the problem is, is that we're the one making the decision of, of what we should do with our lives. As in, all of a sudden, we're the experts on how to best live our lives as Christians. But what if we simply changed up the question this time around? What if we began to ask a different question when we come up with a resolution this time around? What if we asked the question of what does... God want from me? What does God want me to do? And, and it's a fair question because if we can really nail down this question of what does God want me to do, we can, we can really expand that into the idea of uh, what does it look like to live as Christians? What should our, our daily lives look like as Christians? Like, what, How do you practically live as a Christian every day? What does God want me to spend my days doing? What does living the Christian life really mean? Today we're going to be in the book of Micah. Micah chapter 6. Micah is one of these fun little um, minor prophets, we call them in the Bible. One of these tiny little books that you usually skip over in between the Old and New Testament but this morning, I think that, that Micah really gets to this point of what, is, what does God want me to do? And we'll be in Micah chapter 6 this morning. And we're going to start uh, in verse 8. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, Micah chapter 6 is all about God is bringing his charge against Israel. It very much uses the imagery of this is a court. 
Uh, there, are, there are lawyers and a judge involved, and God is bringing his case against the nation of Israel. This is why I am bringing judgment. Because Micah has now prophesied that Israel is about to be wiped out by the Assyrians. The nation of Israel, as they know it, is about to come to an end and is about to be destroyed. And this is, this is all about God bringing his case against the nation of Israel. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why I'm allowing everything to happen to you. He says, I mean, look at everything that I've done for you. I brought you out of slavery, out of Egypt. I brought you into a land that you've and established you as a nation. And time and time again, the people of Israel go chasing after other things. I mean, you can look through the, the, the story of the Old Testament. It's all about the nation of Israel, God calling his people, saying, you are mine, and Israel chasing after other gods. Time and time again, it happens again and again and again, where they chase after other things. And they turn their back on God over and over again. And God has been nothing but faithful to his people, and his people have done the exact opposite for him. And now punishment is coming. And Israel decides to cry out in despair and complain, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why would you do this to us? Why would you allow us to get wiped out for your nation to be destroyed? And God tells his people, he says, I've told you this before, and I've made it clear what I've wanted from you from the beginning. Micah chapter 6 Verse 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. This is, what, this is what God has been asking of the nation of Israel time and time again. I have told you, I have told you, O oh man, O oh mortal, what I've wanted. To act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I think we, we kind of understand this idea of to act justly, treat other people right, to love mercy. Those both go to treating other people right. But the one that I want to point out, and, and, and this one thing that I think we fail at a lot of times as modern American Christians is this idea of to walk humbly with your God. This is a place where we fall short a lot of times. Um, there's a theologian by the name of uh, Charles Spurgeon. He says that walking with God denotes an active habit, a communion in the common moments of the day. Some bow humbly before God in the hour of prayer, and others sit humbly in his presence at the time of meditation. And others work themselves up to draw near to God in seasons of religious excitement. But all this falls short of walking with God. So we, we use this 
this idea of, of our walk with the Lord or walking with God. We use this imagery all the time, but I think a lot of times we, we gloss over what it means, walking. The, the day-to-day activity that we all do, whether we like it or not. It's the thing that becomes so commonplace that we don't even think about it. We walk to the fridge. We walk to the couch. We walk into the office. We walk to bed. We walk here, we walk there, we walk here, we walk there. Walking is a, is a part of our daily lives as much as it is breathing or eating. Eventually, we have to get from one point to the other. And, and that's why the Bible uses this point to walk humbly with your God. This is, this is something that should be so commonplace that we don't even have to think about it. This should be something that is so ingrained in our nature, so much of a daily activity that it should just come natural to us. As much as we don't even think about walking to the fridge is how much we should walk with God every day. Or how much we walk across one end of the house to the other to go to bed at night is how much we should be thinking about walking with God. And I think that Spurgeon here hits, hits a, a big point here when he says that, that most people think that the time with God should be something, I'm going to spend an hour doing this, or I'm going to come to church on Sunday morning and spend an hour with God, or I'm going to work myself up for, for Easter or for Christmas. But all this falls short of walking with God. Because... We should be in a relationship with God. I mean, if, if we're honest, if we turn to our significant other and we only call him two or three times a year, that's, that's not walking. That's not having a relationship like God wants from us. He wants us to walk with him. Where it's so ingrained in every part of our life that we shouldn't even have to think about it. And then check out that second word. He says, to walk how? Humbly. To walk humbly. I think this simply means letting God do the leading in your walking. Have you ever been walking along with somebody and then all of a sudden, I don't know, I've done this before where me and Joy are walking along we're holding hands and then all of a sudden I decide I'm going this way and she decides she's going this way and all of a sudden we come to a standstill. It never works. One person has to lead where you're going. Some person has to take lead when you're walking with someone. And this idea of walking humbly means letting him take charge, letting God be the one who's doing the leading in your walking. Y'all know there's a difference between walking and with God and trying to get God to walk with you? There's a difference. And one works and one doesn't. Because let's be honest, God doesn't want to be a follower in your life. He doesn't want to be a tag-along. God wants to be the one taking charge, leading, guiding, 
showing you where to walk. So let me ask you the question, are you in the habit of just living your life and then once in a while asking God to go along with it? See, that's, that's very different from letting God guide every single step of your life. One, one commentator I read called it a, an active and a passive obedience towards God. That means not just doing it once in a while, but living a lifestyle of obedience, reverence, and submission to God. That means that every single step you take, every breath you make, is something that is guided by God. Walking humbly. It means that at the end of your day, your will should be to simply follow His. Walking humbly means letting God take charge, take the lead, and show you where to walk. And see, here's the problem. Is I think a lot of times when it comes to our spiritual New Year's resolutions, too often it comes down to something like, I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to give more money to church. Or I'm going to read my Bible more, at least one day a week. And don't hear me wrong. These are all good things. This should be a part of your life. But it's not enough. Because if all we do is go to church, or go to a small group, or give a little more money, then we're just doing stuff. And listen to this. God is more interested in our internal attitude than our external religious acts. God is more interested in where your heart's at than the things that you do. Look at verse 6 through 7. He says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He asks a rhetorical question here. And it comes right before our verse, in verse 8. He says, what if I came to you with thousands upon thousands, with astronomical numbers of stuff that I could give to you? What if I brought this, and this, and this, and this? What if I brought everything that was most precious to me, and I gave it to you? And then in verse 8, he says, he's shown you, O mortal, what is good and what the Lord wants, requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. 
See, the nation of Israel was at a point where they were still doing all the religious things. They were still bringing the sacrifices, and they were still having the feasts, and they were doing this and this and this and this and this. They were doing religion. But God knew that their heart still didn't care. And God knew that they still didn't want to walk with him. He knew that it was all an act. And that somehow they thought that this was still enough. And, and in case you thought that, that this question of what if I brought all this stuff, would it be enough? In case you didn't know the answer... A fellow prophet by the name of Isaiah, in his own book, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 14. I don't have this one on the screen, but just hear it. He says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and of the fatted animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bull and lamb and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convictions. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me, and I am weary of of bearing them. That's some harsh language. But here's the thing. And And I know that some of us are not at that point. But a lot of times, we do get caught up in the act. Because check out this statement. It says that, in our our verse in Micah, it says, Micah is not attacking the sacrificial system itself, but the conviction that the external acts without inward piety can establish a right relationship with God. Let me read that again. The conviction that external acts without inward piety can establish a right relationship with God. That is what God and Micah is attacking. You know, it it utterly breaks my heart how many Christians must walk around on a daily basis thinking they're doing all the right things, saying all the right things, singing all the right songs, but I've ultimately missed this point of a relationship with Jesus in the first place. Y'all, America is full of people who call themselves Christians because of what they do. Because I do this, and I do this, and I do this. There are so many people who follow the quote-unquote rules of Christianity, but in the end... 
That's just as deep as it goes. But guys, if all we are is religious, there is no point. Because if we're honest, there's, there's plenty of religions out there that all they do is do good and do good and do good. And someday when we are standing before the throne of God, there will be plenty of people who will look at Jesus and say, look at all the stuff that I did. And Jesus will have to say, I, but I never knew you. But you never made me Lord of your life. You never actually followed me when I tried to lead. Look, y'all, he doesn't need your stuff. Or to show up to church once in a while. These are all good things. Don't, don't hear that. These are all good things that should be a part of your life. But if that's all it is, if there is no relationship with God behind what you do, then it's just religion. And being a good person doesn't make you closer to God. Being a good person should be a byproduct of being closer to God. That's a big difference. Our verse in Micah, he says, what does God want? He's told you again and again to walk humbly with your God. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants all that other stuff to be a byproduct of your relationship with him. He doesn't need or want more religion, more stuff, more doing. He wants more of you. And God has been telling us the same thing he told the Israelites. Look at everything that I've done for you. All I want is just some of that back. Y'all, the most important resolution you can make this coming year, whether you're one of these people that, that usually makes one or doesn't make one, is to actually walk with Him. It is to change your Christian life to being more than just stuff you do but to be a daily walk with him, a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. Maybe you need to make a resolution not to just do more, but to know him more. Because that's all he wants. That's what he's been looking for all along. He wants you. Each and every one of you. He's already done the work. He's, uh, he's already died on the cross, shed the blood. He's already done all the stuff for you. And all he wants is the, the relationship. The walking. The daily one-on-one -on -one relationship. He doesn't need more religion. He just wants your heart.
then maybe it's time for us to stop chasing after other things and thinking that we're still following God because we come to church once in a while. Guys, that's, that's not walking with God. What does he want from you? To act justly, love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. So maybe that's a resolution you need to make this year. Stop trying to do more, trying to know him more. You know, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, that's something we can always do. We can always know him more. And I desperately hope that that will be a resolution for us this coming year. I really hope and pray that each and every single one of you would come to know Christ more. To walk with him daily. That's what he wants. So maybe you need to think about making that resolution this year. Let's pray. God, forgive us. God, forgive us when we get distracted by all the doing and all the religion. God, forgive us when we fail to, to walk humbly with you. God, when we try and take the lead when we try and chase after what we want to do. God, I pray over the people in this room. God, that they would seek to know you more. God, help us to learn what it means to walk with you. God, help our, our Christian walk to be more than just what we do, but God, because of the relationship that we have with you. God, help us to lean into that, to grow into that, to come closer to that. God, we need you. God, we know that you just want us. Help us to do just that. Maybe turn around and walk a little bit closer to you than we were before. Help us to be people with that resolution to know you more we love you so much it's in the name of your son that we pray amen y'all are dismissed have a great week we will see you next time